0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas at Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this very invigorating, robust lifestyle show. First, I would like to thank each one of our listeners that have tuned in live and the ones that will be listening to the podcast. I am just very grateful for each one of you. And you are in for such a special special, special exciting treat today as I have with me my monthly returning diva, Deb Matlock, and she is going to speak about cultivating a sacred connection to nature. Oh my, it touches my heart with just the topic itself, so I am excited to chat with Deb today. Deb, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners today?
1: Absolutely. Hello, everybody. I am Deb Matlock, and I am calling in here from Colorado. I have a small business called Wild Rhythms, where the focus is on cultivating a deep personal and sacred connection between people, the earth, and the world of animals. And I offer individual work and professional trainings for people who want to incorporate this work into their own work with clients. And um, right now in Colorado, we've actually got um, some snow on the ground, and it feels a little bit like winter finally. So um, I'm excited to to begin today.
0: Oh, wow. Yes, well, and this just touches touches what in everything that you are doing too with wild rhythms this topic. So, this is just going to be incredible. I am I am just thrilled. Well, maybe to start we could give our listeners a little bit of a description would you how you personally feel or dealing with clients? What is a sacred connection? And especially to nature, what exactly does that kind of mean for people to understand what we are going to be giving them points about today?
1: Oh, I think that is a, a, the perfect starting place. And it's an exciting starting place because when I think of the idea of sacred, you know, or what we all hold sacred or what we all consider to be sacred, the first thing that comes up is that it's it's like this um, deeply personal journey and yet there are these universal qualities to it. And so to, to go into what the sacred nature connection mean, the first thing we all have to kind of do for ourselves is take a second and say, when I think of sacredness for my own life, what is that? You know, is it is it holding the, the hand of a newborn baby? Is it watching, you know, a flower come busting out of the soil, you know, in the spring? You know, is it is it sitting in a church deep in prayer you know, with, with a choir singing around me. You know, is it, is, you know, for many of us, it's many things. You know, and so for myself, I think of sacredness is, is that those moments that allow me to step into a place of, of deep awe and mystery and kind of feel myself part of this larger mystery. And it's, it's like all at once it's a humbling experience as well as this inspiring experience. You know, and I know for some people, sacredness is, is very specific uh, places or events for other people, mm-hmm. sacredness is, 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 they find it in the everyday. And for a lot of us, it's in all of that. You know, we have those sacred moments and events. You know, we have those times in our lives and and in our family's lives. You know, we have those places in our lives that really important things may have happened, you know, and they just really mean a lot. And then we also can see the sacredness in... um the laughter of of our, you know, our niece when they're two years old and they get giggly about Mm -hmm. something that nobody else even knows what they're laughing about, but boy, are they in it, you know? And and so it's like, it's allowing us, I think when we talk about sacred connection, the first thing we we get to do is we get to say, all right, for me, for all of us as individuals, what does sacredness mean? You know, what does that mean to you?
0: Right. Oh, oh, that was a beautiful way to describe it and so many different examples. That is just, that is just amazing because it is. It's a personal journey for each one of us to find what that sacred connection is. And it can be so many things. I mean, for me, it's just this morning I was out feeding the horses and just the beauty of them and the beauty of the birds just flying around and all the chirping they were doing and the sunshine. And I'm like... This is just a sacred connection to all of that, and just taking the moment to enjoy that beauty that surrounds you when you feel that and yes i I totally feel it is definitely a personal journey, but yet it is a universal journey that we can all be on together, finding that sacred connection and what it means to each one of us that was that was very well, very well said, Deb, I loved it. <laughs>
1: And I think another important piece of it is also knowing that most of us have been told in our lives one time or another what sacredness is, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's not like it's a malicious thing, you know, it's just, you know, growing up, my family, we celebrated holidays a certain way, and, and you know, so I, I learned at a young age that these things are quote-unquote sacred, you know, um, but then we we get into adulthood and we get to ask the question of, of. Okay, so there's these experiences, and I had this, and you know, I want to bring that forward into my life. I want to let this piece go. You know, we we get to sit in our our adultness, you know, and and say, okay, really, really, where does it feel authentic to me to explore sacredness?
0: Right, right. Where it's almost kind of like a little bit of where is your passion, and maybe sometimes yeah. your passion will even lead you in. To the sacred connection, because that's where your heart is really taking you, is where your passion is. And when you look into your heart, you will find where your sacred connection, where your passion, all of it is, rather than letting your ego or your head run with you on different things. It's how my feeling on it is how oh. I should say it.
1: Oh, my gosh. I, what you just said just gave me chills. I think you're exactly right. It's like when we, our heart and our passions will guide us. You know, it's it's like... Mm-hmm. And they may guide us to places that surprise us. They may guide us to places that are very well known to us. You know, but it's it's like, oh, what you just said to me was like the encapsulation of sacred wisdom. <laughs> you know, like our heart knows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, yeah, that, and that's how I feel. My heart leads me where it's going to be. And it it almost, it's kind of like it opens your eyes to see it and your ears to hear it. it. It brings the other senses into play so that you can find it.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the other senses are, are also those portals, you know, that are way of interacting with the world, you know. we're mm-hmm. The senses are the way that we interact, whether we have all of our senses or not, because a lot of us don't. The ones we do mm-hmm. have, you know, they are, they are definitely our portals for, for being on this earth, I think.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I always feel if one sense, isn't maybe quite right there it 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 will empower the others to be even stronger so you can maybe smell better than what you can imagine or what you can see or something or you can see better than you can smell or something to that effect so it just kind of all they all work together it's all a connection
1: (laughs) it is it's all a connection and i think you're exactly right i Actually, lost my sense of smell about eight years ago when I hit my head, and
0: uh-huh.
1: you know there's a lot of grief with that because I thought, oh, I love smelling the trees and the flowers and the, but oh my goodness, like I I have an awareness of texture and feeling now that I was missing entirely before, you know, because I didn't I did, I guess I didn't need it, you know, when I would walk through a forest, I was my sight and my smell and my hearing were the ones that were running the show, and then I lose one of those. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh my gosh, I, I actually touch more things now, and I feel bark in a different way. I wouldn't, I would, I would love to have my smell back, but my body, just yeah. without me even realizing it, kind of took over and said, "Okay, let's engage a little differently with the world around
0: uh-huh. us." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's so and sacred, you got to, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so sacred, and you got to experience some things in a different way. Like you said, the feel of the bark versus maybe the smell of something or the feel of a flower versus yeah. the smell. So, oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I on your wild rhythms, you have a beautiful blog site. And Thank you. you have, oh, it's, you're so welcome because it gives so much information. I would love for our listeners, tell our listeners how, if you would, how they can find your blog, and you have a specific one about Cultivating a Sacred Connection. I'm going to let you share how our listeners can even go and look at that blog and go deeper into reading it themselves, too, after this interview.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, my blog actually lives on my website, which is mm-hmm. wild-rhythms.com. And across mm-hmm. the top, that you can click the blog tab, and then there's um, a few years of blogs there, and I'm always adding more try to add some every every month or two I try to add a new one um, and I always welcome people's thoughts and comments and ideas people can always reach out to me you know if, <laughs> if they are inspired by a blog or something like that so um, I would definitely invite anybody to, to check it out and um, all of it is just my heart speaking I, my mind doesn't get to have a lot of say what goes into that blog
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it is so meaningful because it's speaking from the heart I love that <laughs> And that goes along with then looking at the one on the sacred connection and I love the picture that goes with it because it is a picture of a girl and it's like a silhouette with all the trees and the sky and the clouds and just everything in woven into her body like that. And to me, that's how sacred connection, it all intertwines together. So that is a beautiful example on your blog of how the sacred connection comes into play with us humans, how it all winds in together. It is. It's very beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I know we're going to talk about pieces of sacred nature connection, but I think the bigger umbrella is what you just described, which is that it's just this deep, all of it intertwining us and the world around us. And, you know, in in eco-psychology, there are are some scholars who often talk about there isn't really an edge, you know, that the human body doesn't end and then the world starts outside of it, you know, in actuality. It's more fluid than that. You know, we only exist because of what you know, that interplay and in that dance, you know the air, the water, the food, what we give back and our and our you know breathing in and breathing out, and all of this stuff, and that it actually it's almost like a um it's almost like a false construct in a way. I mean, I realize on some levels you know yes, we have our physical bodies and you know but mm-hmm. but philosophically and also not necessarily only philosophically, there is this there is this blurred line you know because it, we are all intertwined, like you just said, with every every being around us.
0: Yes, yes. And that's, that is so beautiful because to me that, that is how you kind of described it in the beginning. We're on a personal journey, but in a universal journey together. And that, that is very, very much so. I mean, it's all under the same, we all live under the same sky. We all breathe the same air. And I've said that many times and that's truly how I feel. It's your own personal journey is how you find your way and yet the universe is all right there intertwined together that to me is how it all all comes together and how we can all connect in a sacred connection like that
1: yeah yeah you're very eloquent how you said that i think that's exactly it you know i think that's the one thing that people take away from today that would be it what you just said you know thank you
0: (laughs) well blog you have some different points and I was thinking maybe one of them it starts out with empathy and how would you describe to incorporate empathy into cultivating a sacred connection to nature
1: yeah you know the reason I started with this one on the blog is is in part because this is one that is so close to my heart I feel like you know, empathy is is sort of that ability to really understand what somebody else is going through. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's quite different than sympathy. You know, sympathy is like, wow, I can tell that person's suffering. I've never been through what they're going through, but, ooh, boy, that looks really tough. Let me just give them a hug. And But empathy, I think it goes to that place of, oh, I get it. I really get it. And I think in um, nature connection, there's a lot of space for us to be very much in that in that And that idea of of my life is not that different. You know, the the earthworm comes out on the sidewalk after a rainstorm, and then they start to dry out. And they can't get to the environment on their own in all cases, you know, that's going to allow them to, to go back into surviving and thriving. They need to get back into the dirt. You know, the rain has passed. The soil is not drowning them anymore. They need to get back there. You know, we've all got those ex- those experiences in our life. We've all got the places where we are dehydrating and drowning, and you know, to varying extremes, our own our own ability to survive may be at risk. And so, it doesn't. It's not a big jump to to walk down the sidewalk, you know, on a dog walk, and see an earthworm and go, "Oh, let me help you back into the into the soil." Um, you know, I mean, there's there's also robins who are going to come along and help the earthworm not suffer for much longer too. You know, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I think it's just letting ourselves be open to the fact that our experiences are not that different, you know, and we we can live in, a, in an awareness of that. We can live in a place where um, when we're out there and we see like maybe a, a mother with coyote pups and we can turn, you know, this happens a lot where I live here in Colorado and, and when the pups are coming out in February and March and, you know, the babies are out there and... Um, you know, it's time to turn around on the trail when, when we come across that. It's not time to say, well, my plan was to walk this trail with my dog today. You mm-hmm. know, the empathy part says, hmm, okay, I see that you're here and your pups are out getting getting a little sunlight and fresh air. We're turning around. We're going to do something entirely different because I know what it's like. You're going to be worried about their safety, and what, rightly so. You know, it's scary because you don't know what we're about to do. You know, even I can show you the dogs are on a leash, but you're not going to understand what that means. I mean, how many times in our lives as people do we have those moments where we're we're worried about our safety or we're concerned about something, and it would be our situation would be a lot better if those around us acknowledged that. And I think when I think of nature connection and sacred nature connection, I think there's a lot of space for us to say, "How can I walk through this world as an empathic person who has empathy for life Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I get it." Mm
0: Oh, oh, that that is a beautiful example, too. And what what was even coming to my mind is we have cattle and the horses, and I know they depend on us, but in some ways it's just a small thing, too, when the weather gets colder and, and the waters are froze, to break the ice for them. And that way you know that they're going to be able to get a drink and how appreciative they are that they know they can go either to the creek or to the tank where they're at and that ice will be broke and they can get a drink in that cold weather. And even I think about the deer out on the cricks running around now and the broken if you have the ice broke on it that they can go get a drink too Because they're looking for it too Just like our domesticated animals Are needing that drink of water And like putting out extra feed for the animals And even for the birds when it's cold like this It's just showing To me you kind of put yourself in that place And say wow How much I would appreciate if somebody did that for me And that to me is a little bit what empathy can mean by helping nature and the animals, too, be they domesticated or be they wild.
1: Yeah, I, I think and what, what what strikes me as you're talking is, is that we're really talking about here is the golden rule extending it out into mm-hmm. the world beyond mm-hmm. just the human community because, of course, it's very important in the human community, you know, do unto others as we would like to have right. others do unto us. But mm-hmm. we have this beautiful opportunity to extend that so far beyond our own species, Um, you know, and just really by asking ourselves is what I'm about to do here, you know, is it coming from that place of empathy and understanding and and like you're describing with the ice, you know, we all know what it feels like to be thirsty, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, can we come from that place of, um, oh man, I get it. I know what it's like to be on this earth and, you know, how do I act from that place of awareness and consciousness?
0: Oh, I love how you put in there with the golden rule to apply it not only to us humans, but to apply it to the nature too, to the animals, to be thinking about them and putting yourself in their place to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I love that. That was beautiful. It's it's so true. And even even it always amazes me how the animals can survive in this cold weather. I mean, they are created so unique, like the broods and even my horses. I mean, yeah, they have some shelters to be in and everything. But still, they survive the cold. Here I'm all bundled up and can barely move. And they don't have any more on than their normal winter fur coat.
1: <laughs> oh, I've had so many times where I've been outside and I feel like, wow, I am the biggest wimp in this whole scenario because all the little birds are out here and the squirrels are running around. And I've I've got on so much gear trying to stay warm. <laughs> You know, I, like you said, I can't lift my arms fully over my head, you know. And uh, and I look at them, and it's like, I just kind of like, y'all y'all have this figured out, and I'm really impressed by it because what my species has done is, is it's, it's it's incredible. I, I have a place to live where we've created, you know, an, an internal heat. Um, but, but I am definitely in deep respect for those that can pull this off because, I mean, I land half an hour outside sometimes, and it's like, oh, oh, oh I can't mm-hmm. move my fingers. I know
0: I hear you completely Well I have to share my, One of my, my mare, She One day I told her it was going to be a really cold night Tonight and she kind of looked at me and goes Well that don't take much for you to say that <laughs> You know me all too well I'm a wit when it comes to the cold
1: well, I'll be right there with you I can guarantee that
0: <laughs> oh, But yes, just having the empathy for them And kind of putting yourself in their place As they deal with the different changes of the weather outside like this And it's just, yeah, it always amazes me I, What I've said, I've been around animals all my life And every time the weather changes like this I'm just amazed how they adapt And I'm trying to adapt and it, it don't work as well <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So much to
0: respect. Yes, it definitely is. And that, in a lot of ways, I think what you just said, respecting the animals too. Respecting them for what they are doing and giving to, to the earth, to the universe, and especially to us. I mean, have some respect for them just like you have respect for other people. I think that is a huge... A huge one too, along with the golden rule with them. I love that to respect them too. Perfect.
1: <laughs> well, and it's interesting because, in the blog that you mentioned, respect is is another one of the little pieces of of kind of what I my heart has identified as an important part of sacred nature connection. Which is just like you described it. It's 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 like we may be different, we may have different <laughs> agendas in our day, you know. But how can I respect that, you know? Every being around me has something they need to do too. You know, that that bird in the tree has potentially got babies to go feed, and and that that earthworm who's drying out on the sidewalk maybe really you know needs to get back in the soil and aerate the soil for the plants. And you know, um, it's it's like respecting this this beautiful, mysterious web of of interrelationships. Mm-hmm. You know, requires yeah. of us I think to to learn about it, but it also requires of us to ask ourselves you know, um, to consider our actions. You know, like how how am I doing this thing? How am I behaving here? How am I um you know, do I slow my car down on this mountain road because the sign says wildlife watch? You know, there's you know, or do I floor it and try to get up the hill as fast as possible? You know, it it's like all those little things. We have so much it's it's very empowering to me to think about when we live from a place of, of deep respect. It yeah. it's there's so much that we can all do. And and I think sometimes in a world where we can sometimes feel kinda of helpless, you know, it it doesn't take much to watch the news for a little while to stand back and go, Wow, okay, um, I don't know what I can do about this or this or this or this, you know. But we actually do have so much we can do. When we orient ourselves from respect and we say, you know, I want to live in a sense of sacred connection to life around me. And how does respect fuel my actions? How does it how does it cause me to consider things? How does it help me oh. make decisions?
0: Yes. Oh, how true. It just living from the heart and giving respect to that animal is or to the nature or the trees or any of that to me is just it is what it's all about. And when you start to live from your heart, you start to really see that. It's just like even with the dogs, I mean, we're, I'm ready to go outside or ready to take them out. Well, one of them's got to have a drink right at that time, and I'm like, okay, I respect that you're thirsty. That's all right. You you get your drink, and that's okay. We'll go we'll go later rather than come on. we've Gotta go. Gotta go. let yeah. look at how they're looking at things and respect what they're needing too. Just like the animals respect us. They they. My dogs definitely show respect back, so I'm like, they deserve it in return, and the animals do, so that's cool. that's another way that I come into respect in the dis- domesticated world with the animals.
1: Oh, yeah, and I think you bring up a great point, especially with dogs. You know, one of the things that I, I see so often is, you know, I mean, dogs need to sniff. That's how they gather the mm-hmm. information about the world. They smell things, they mark things, mm-hmm. you know, and... um <laughs> So many times I see people going for walks with their dogs where they don't allow it, they're like either they're jogging too fast or they're like, "Come on, come on, come on," and these poor dogs are just trying to get one little sniff on the on the mailbox or on the tree post, you know the tree trunk and it's it's like how can we how can we have that respect for that that is how they calibrate themselves and how they center themselves in their world. that's how they make sense of of where they live. you know it's like I don't need to smell the tree trunk or pee on it." You know, but <laughs> my dogs really do. You know, and it doesn't mean that there aren't those occasional walks where it's like, okay, we are on a business trip here. I got to get going. <laughs> but I will, I will give you the smell walk later. I've heard people in the dog the behavior world call it sniffaris. You know, like instead of a safari, it's a, you know, it's it's lovely, but it's a respect thing too. You know, it's it is that. Like you said, drink the drink of water before they go out. You know, it's it's like my agenda can't always be the agenda.
0: Right, right. They. They're, they have a little different agenda, and the sniffing just reminded me so much because my little red healer, he's got to sniff everything, and it. it doesn't matter if you think you're in a hurry. You might as well just wait because he's going <laughs> to sniff it anyway, and there's no need to hurry him. I respect that that's that's his way of checking things out, and yeah. in return, he he will sense if something isn't there that he doesn't like. So, yeah, I Totally can hear that And I love that And even with the cattle I think about a lot of times That maybe we're going to move them Or I'm getting ready To haul water out to them And a baby calf is nursing She needed a drink Right at that time The baby did And I'm like Okay, we'll just wait This is your time And uh, I'll, I'll make it work Into my schedule too So I think as humans Sometimes we're We're too caught up In trying to keep our schedules And our time frames that uh, we can let the respect part go by and think that what we're doing is more important than what they're doing. and Sometimes I think we need to just take a moment and stop and think about that.
1: Oh, I agree. And I think that is such an important piece of that sacred nature connection work is that is that we acknowledge that and take those moments, even if it means, <laughs> okay, I'm leaving three minutes later than I wanted to leave. Oh, well. You know, or I'm going to pull over for this herd of deer walking over this road instead of scare them out of the highway and have them, you mm-hmm. know, scatter and injure themselves and all this. I'm just going to do this, and the world is going to have to deal with it. Just I mean, world, whoever thinks I need to be somewhere at a certain time, you know, if I'm going to be really late, I'll call them. But you know, like we have to, we have to be like in that firm place of yeah, I'm, I am in a place of respect, and that is part of my integrity, and it's part of my sacred nature connection practice, and it's not mm-hmm. a negotiable place.
0: Right. Oh, yes. I love that. And it's not in a devotional place. That was perfect. Oh, beautiful. Well, Deb, this interview has just sped by, and I knew it would. We will definitely be doing more series on this because we only covered two of the topics that are under your blog. So this was just fantastic. I loved it. So what as we come to a close, what is – the final tip you would like to leave with our listeners today from what we covered about uh, cultivating a sacred connection to nature today?
1: You know, I think it goes back to where we started at the very beginning, which is I would encourage everybody to take some time, and whether they journal or think about it or just, you know, chew on the idea, but just what does sacredness mean to each of of us, Mm -hmm. to each of you? You know, and and really let yourself have fun digging into what is that definition for you in this world, you know, and, and getting super clear on that so that from that place, you know, then we can all orient from that place of clarity around what does sacredness mean deep in my own heart, in all of our hearts.
0: Mhm. Oh. oh, that is a beautiful tip to leave. What does it mean to us individually? beautiful, well, thank you so much, Deb, for being my guest again on robust lifestyles. This was just great, and i'm I'm looking forward to in March when we get to continue this series and share more with our listeners about cultivating a sacred connection to nature. Thank you so much, Deb. Oh, I
1: can't wait either. yeah, thank you.
0: Oh, you are so welcome. <laughs> And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to this absolutely amazing interview with our incredible diva, Deb Matlock. Please share this show with all your family and friends. Check out all the hosts and their shows on com. And remember what we talked about a little bit. One of the things was live by the golden rule and live from your heart and find that compassion and sacred connection from your heart. So have an absolutely fantastic day. Be kind to all and give your animals a great big extra hug and share all your love with them. Until we connect again on robust lifestyles, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care.